0: Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy upfront. front. Thryzer can help verify Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey friends, it's Melvin. I hope that you're doing well. So we're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I hope that you enjoyed this podcast conversation from our archives. In the meantime, if you are thinking about creating an online course, I know that many of us may be thinking about that right now in the midst of the pandemic and in a post-pandemic world, whether it's just to diversify our income beyond therapy work or just to feel like we have a bigger message to share and we want to be able to share that in a different way Uh, beyond just our geographic area. If all of that sounds awesome and you've been thinking about creating an online course, I just wanted to invite you to download the free A to Z online course guide. Uh, I launched my first online course back in 2015 to a $297 first sale and through a lot of just hard work and uh, a lot of trust in colleagues to purchase the course so we've how had over 275 of our colleagues purchase the Healthcasters podcasting course and I've learned a ton about what it takes to launch, grow, and scale a podcasting course and a course in uh, in general. And uh, that guide just has a lot of helpful information to help you get started. We're also launching something called Online Course School. This is a live cohort experience. So meaning that this isn't like a digital course on courses, although eventually it will have that, but this is more of a live experience where we therapists can gather over the course of six to eight weeks. And what I will do is I will teach you everything that I know about how to launch and grow a successful online course. We'll start with your idea and how to validate your online course. We'll then work through what your lessons and modules and all of those different things will look like. We'll actually take time and and actually do exercises to get those down. We'll come up with your course title and your subtitle uh, in a way that your students are excited to want to purchase that course. And then we'll talk about actually how to record and market your course as well. And you'll be joined with others in community and you'll have an accountability buddy and a bunch of really awesome stuff. And uh, if any of that sounds awesome, I encourage you to download again the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. So we'll get right to today's session Have a great rest of your day. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 246 of Selling the Couch. Hope you are doing well. So I'm actually recording this on May 20th, and I hope that wherever you are, the rates for COVID are starting to go down. We are still at -at stay-at-home orders here in Philadelphia. The rates are definitely significantly going down, and I'm, I'm hoping that all of the things that we have in place with regard to social distancing and masks and all of that stuff will continue to help those rates to go down. But, you know, it's such a crazy time just in history, right? Trying to figure out, one, how do we deal with this pandemic? What effect does it have on our businesses? How can we think outside the box of if this were to happen again? And How do we mitigate some of the potential financial implications going forward? This pandemic, I think, for me has been like a different meaning because this, it's definitely been hard, you know, like emotionally and March definitely was financially hard. But I think about myself and where I was in 2015, being in a group practice where all of my income was coming from one-on-one client work and some of the bariatric assessments that I was doing. I was so scared back in 2015. We had this crazy snowstorm. I ended up having to cancel several days' worth of clients. So this pandemic is like a whole different level, right? But I, I remember being so scared, but be making a very conscious decision back then to say that I I wanted to pull back from one on one work and try to figure out how I can share my knowledge and serve others without me being present to always create that income. And so with STC, you know, I've, I've, It hasn't always. It's been, you know, kind of like hasn't been a smooth journey. It's been actually a lot of like bumps along the way. I've definitely built out some other income streams. I think that has made this pandemic a little bit more manageable. And I just wanted to share all of that because today's podcast is a little bit different than the typical podcast episode. I'm actually meeting with someone, Jackie Flynn. If you guys have not heard of Jackie, I should definitely check her out, especially if you are a plate therapist. Her website is over at Jackie Flynn Consulting.com and then PlayTherapyCommunity.com. And uh, Jackie is actually launching a membership site um, here later this year. And she reached out because she knew that I actually have two membership sites and she wanted to just pick my brain. And I was like, yeah, sure. This would be fun to even create a podcast episode on this and just to share a little bit about what I've learned along the way. Because I know that many of us may be thinking about creating a membership site in the future. So today's podcast session, I guess I wouldn't call it, I told her, I don't really want to call it a coaching call because it just sounds so formal. Maybe it's more a brainstorming session. And Jackie is here and she's sharing some of the stuff with her membership site, some of the things that she's struggling with with regard to creating content. She knows she has a lot of content, but then she's also concerned that of how much content to, to put on the membership site, how often, all of those different things. And then um, she has some questions around testimonials for her membership site and how to handle those, especially in a way that's legal and ethical. So this is a lot of content. It's a, this session is actually a little bit longer than the typical podcast session, but I, I really just wanted to dive really deep in and just share as much as I could. And launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Hey, Jackie, welcome back to Selling the Couch.
1: Oh, thank you, Melvin. Thank you for having me.
0: I can't even take credit for this idea because this was fully yours (laughs) to even do something like this which I have never done. So I'm a little nervous because I am going to, I guess, a little bit be on the hot seat. But I also, you know, as I shared with you before we started, I want this time to be more us just brainstorming because obviously you have a wealth of knowledge and experience and you've learned a ton of stuff too. So yeah, I'm really excited about our time. Nervous, but a little bit nervous, but mainly excited for our time together.
1: Oh, me too. I've learned so much from you over the years and I remember literally remember the day that I found out about the sell on the Couch podcast and I had a great experience implementing what I learned from your sessions did really well in private practice and I was inspired by the podcasting idea and then I joined healthcasters and that went really well in the podcast even though I've taken a pause due to a life change, it's really been an amazing journey so, I think we follow some of the same people. I know I was listening to Pat Flynn's podcast, at Smart Passive Income, and he did a call similar to this that inspired me where he was talking to a speech language pathologist that's doing a membership site. And then I think, you know, you're into membership sites and online courses and that whole world. And Well, all I could do is say no. So I sent the email out to you and you you said, yes, yay.
0: I was excited because I, I know I, I love one teaching and then two, I feel like, you know, I've definitely made a lot of mistakes. So just for you guys that are listening I initially launched Healthcasters, which was an online course around 2015. Then around 20, let's say late 2017, early 2018, I decided to transition it more into a membership model. And then Hmm. in 2019, I launched a second membership site, the STC Learning Library. And yeah, I've learned a ton. I've definitely made a ton of mistakes. And so, yeah, it's been an eye-opening experience. So I've kind of had the perspective of, uh, I guess, a little bit of you know, both launching like a online course where you just sell it as one product and you have like lifetime access to it versus a membership site, which definitely brings in recurring income, but brings its own challenges. So I wanted to ask you before we even started, what made you even consider doing a membership site?
1: Um, I've had great success with my online courses. And that is something that I was super, and I still am super excited about. I'm a EMDR consultant so it seemed like another way to reach you know my consultees so that they could learn more and you know honor their time their money and things of that nature and then as i got into the online course world naturally you think how can i improve it there's always like what could i do better what could i do better and i recently did a symposium innovative child therapy symposium And it was really successful on every level. I had 40, I was one of them, 40 expert guests. And we looked at all different aspects of child therapy. And that was in Teachable was the platform. And it had the feel of an online course, but it was something that I I wish that I could just offer month after month after month. And the person that I was looking up to as a model, she said, I'm considering a membership site. And I thought, well, I've been considering that as well. So I joined Membership Academy based on a recommendation from someone. Also, Stu McLaren is one of the big leaders in that field as well. But Membership Academy is also a membership. And I've learned so much from that that, I got the courage to kind of take the leap and I reached out to you for some like tech support recommendations because I feel really strong in the content area. I feel really strong in the website, just the content creation, creating the copy and the pages. But the tech part is not. It's just that part feels really scary. It leaves me frozen. So when I reached out to you, you recommended Codable. You gave me a link and I've been working with those guys for a couple of weeks now, and it's been amazing. I know they're in a different part of the world. So I had a busy day the other day, and it was like four in the morning. I was in my laundry room talking to the guy so that I didn't wake up anybody in the house. They're incredible. So I thank you for that recommendation. But that's kind of what what got me started. It was kind of like you. I started off with the thought of online courses, and then it just kind of naturally evolved into doing more or in a more efficient way. And I would like to have something that's highly valuable at a low cost for my my clinicians that are consuming the material, something that doesn't even impact their finances at all and that they could just revisit because I know the people that I'm targeting as my main consumers are short on time and some of them are limited on money. So I wanted to make it very economical and also at their, you know, whenever they could consume it, they could have that flexibility. So membership site to me seems like a really attractive option to include all of those pieces.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I love what you're sharing. And I think one of the things that just really stood out to me, cause I feel like this is something, it's such a subtle thing, but I've learned both in developing online courses and membership sites is that if you focus on like loving and caring for the folks that, that are, that want that content, like that really goes a long way. Cause you said it so well. Like you realize. You know, there are folks at different price points, like they may not be able to afford one of your premium courses. And so then the membership site may be something that's a little bit more affordable, but gives them the tools and the resources that they need in order just to help them out.
1: Yes, really high value at a low cost, something that I would want. So I I created an avatar, you know, an ideal just target person and then just really creating for that one person. And I think that's something that I learned from you, the importance of just really speaking to your specific user, your specific consumer, just like as if we were to speak to our client on our web pages. And then when you do that, then people are like, hey, this is exactly what I need. They're not not just trying to pick out little pieces and parts. It's like, Really useful to them, kind of like your content was for me when I was starting a private practice. It it made it to where literally I went from not not knowing much at all, because in grad school they prepared me to be a therapist, but not really a business owner. To creating a waiting list because I had so many people calling me, and that was that was a very kind of eye opening experience. That if you provide really good content. It, uh, for people at a price point, or for yours, it was free of charge. A podcast, and they use it. You want them to get results, so. But you know, everything—literally every episode that I listened to of Selling the Couch—had meaning to me. It wasn't like I looked through and I'm like, "Oh, this episode, nope, that one doesn't apply. This one." It really—it felt like you created it just for me, which is cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very, it's a very sweet thing to say. I think, and Pat Flynn actually says this, he says, you know, income is a byproduct of serving others. And I, that's just the way that I've tried to orient. And I know that's the way that you've tried to orient your business, because at some point for me, it's like you generate the income that where you can live a comfortable life. So, I mean, at that point, like there has to be something bigger and deeper, you know?
1: Yes, yes. I'm still in the working working many hours mode well before this pandemic, but the ideally my dream is to be able to pull back a little bit and spend more time in consultation or working on, you know, content and a little less hours one on one with people.
0: Yeah. So I mean that's like that was a big reason for me too. And it sounds like for you it's like you really you love the one-on-one work, but you didn't want 100% of your income coming from that. And it seems like a membership site might be a way for you to create some of that recurring income. But also that I almost get... I have a—I call it the lab, where it's like that period of this couple of hours in the week where I can just be by myself and just create. And Mm. it sounds like you really enjoy things like that as well.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. In early morning. I think I learned about Miracle Morning from you. Yeah, I've I learned about it somewhere. But the early morning hours, uh, remember Hal Elrod? I'm not sure if I did learn about him from you. Do you know about Miracle Morning?
0: Yeah, I actually had Miracle. I had Hal on the podcast so quite a okay. while ago.
1: Yep. So that's where I learned about him. So that what you just described as your lab, that's kind of what I do. I don't call it my lab, but it's the early morning. It's the four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. My mind is clear and the dog is sleeping and the kids are quiet and there's no interruptions. And it's like that's when I'm in my creative mode.
0: awesome. I I wanted to shift a little bit and get into the the meat of, you know, just this conversation. So First, before you even we get started, like tell us where you are with the membership site. Is this launched? Are you launching? And tell us a little bit also about the membership site itself.
1: Sure. Well, it evolved from my podcast. I started Play Therapy Community originally as Parenting in the Rain, from your Healthcasters course. And that was really successful. And then I rebranded when I realized that I really just wanted to shift my focus to clinician education and training. So I changed the name and the brand and the logo, everything and got a, a trademark actually for a play therapy community. Then I launched a Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, I was posting my podcast episodes, which To date, I have almost 400,000 downloads, but I haven't actually published an episode in two years because I went through a divorce. So I needed time to just kind of get my footing. But I have about four that's recorded that I'm going to start publishing again when I start this membership site. So the podcast Facebook group is doing really well. I have about at the time of this recording about six thousand and four hundred people in the group and they're very highly active. oh I love it so that's really something that I feel like is providing them um, great value and once I start back on releasing the podcast episodes as well and then um, I started an email list when I I just started it when I did the symposium, and it was really successful. It had that same framework of really high value for low cost. So I ended up out of that, like right now at this point, I have almost 7,000 people on my email list. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is an ideal time to move forward on this. So my plan, and it could shift the dates and everything depending on how things go, is to launch at the end of June twenty twenty, perhaps maybe even July first, twenty twenty. And I'm going to launch it with another challenge. I just recently did a play therapy technique challenge, a thirty day challenge that was really successful and it had that online feel, but for thirty days I taught people one new play therapy technique and each video was under ten minutes, most of them under four minutes and none of them cost over ten dollars. Many of them were free. So That helped grow my email list. So with this membership site, I'm going to launch with another challenge because the community that I work with, the child therapy clinicians, they're like playful and creative. I love these people. They're much like me. They like games and stuff. So this is... uh, called the Child-Parent Relationship Therapy Challenge. So I had a bunch of my colleagues record themselves with their children (laughs) playing. And then with the little clips, like I have each, it's a five-day challenge for this, much less. For each day, I'm highlighting that one benefit of Child-Parent Relationship Oh, yeah, just a child parent relationship and then showing the video. So the first day, I believe, is communication. The second day is emotional regulation. And these clips are hilarious. They're so funny. Like, you know, Katie May, she did one. She's nice. <laughs> Love her.
0: Katie's awesome. We've shared a meal together and uh, definitely connected several times. So
1: You got to eat with her. She got to eat with you. Oh, my gosh. That's like.
0: Yes, she's here. but She's local. So, yep.
1: <laughs> oh, she yeah, has. She's in Pennsylvania. Well, I reached out to her, and you know, like, how fun she is and how real she is. I was like, Katie, can you, like, record a clip of you playing with your kid for this thing? And she's so helpful. And she's like, My kid, I would, but my kid doesn't want to be on camera. So she actually recorded a little piece without her kid, her playing with her dog, because, uh, and it's highlighting the importance of not being too kind of pushy with your kids and giving them the space to choose whether they want to interact or not so it's going to be fun and that's the way I'm going to launch this membership site and then once people get in then they're going to I'm when I upload it's going to have so much great content so they're I'm going to have that innovative child therapy symposium all 40 of those videos all 30 of the play therapy technique challenge videos and, and then I'm making more content as well so I just did two successful trainings on online play therapy. I'm going to put that in there, but there's going to be four categories. The first one is mastermind meetings. The second one, tips and techniques. The third one is business support. And the fourth one is ready-made resources. So to start off with the fourth one, I'm going to have just little clips that, that clinicians could download. And my goal is to make each one of them under four minutes that they can give to their clients. So. One will be on grounding and one would be on anxiety, just understanding and another one may be on friendship issues, you know, something things that they could just kind of give to their clients as resources. And then the business support one, I created an online course on how to start a private play therapy practice. So I'm dropping all 19 of those videos in there. Plus, I'm going to add a video with Ernesto. He's doing video on how to, I love him. Ernesto Simondo, is that how you say it?
0: I think it's Segus Mundo, but I could be wrong.
1: (laughs) I think I'm wrong wrong. too. But Ernesto,
0: everyone knows Ernesto. (laughs) Ernesto,
1: He's so hilarious with like everything, his pictures that he posts of him and his dad and his family. And he's so inspirational, but he's going to talk about like, I'm going to drop it in that business support one about the importance of video content Mm. for clinicians and he has, I just seen him recently post something about double camera technique that you could use to record like art and play therapy. So I'm going to put, you know, videos like that and think outside of the mental health community. So I'm going to reach out to some occupational therapists, some speech therapists, kind of thinking about what does the clinician, my avatar that's going to be in this membership site, what does she need to best help her client or help her grow, you know, her dreams. And then the tips and techniques is just going to be that cha- that challenge. And then add new every every week. I'm going to add two more tips that are low cost and high value. And the Master Not Mind meetings are going to be all of the Innovative Child Therapy Symposium is in there with the 40 people that's talking about everything from play therapy to Sensory processing disorder to animal assisted play therapy to yoga, trauma sensitive yoga therapy, sand trade therapy. It's about like a gazillion things. And then I'll add kind of, I'm inspired by Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. So I kind of, I'm envisioning doing like a little 30 minute little talk with the person and just have it inspire people and have them think, just kind of grow their knowledge.
0: Yeah, no, that's so awesome. I so you said something which is something you know I would I would definitely consider. So one, I love the fact that you actually broke it up into sections because I like I'm a big fan of that as well. So just to also be like fully, fully transparent, so I went through Stu McLaren's Tribe course as well, and that was like so pivotal in helping me as well. And I know I haven't met Mike and Callie from Membership Guys, but Cat, uh, who's a metro friend, shout out to Cat. I know that she's. She's very good friends with them. And so I love the fact you're doing that. I wanted to ask you, which is just something even we can brainstorm together. So, one thing that I found was as a membership site owner, I wanted to give people all of the content, like over deliver. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I found early on is if you give too much content, like 10 or 20 pieces of content, it quickly overwhelms people. Right. And so they end up like not doing anything. So I think there are a couple of different options that I found helpful. And I would love to even like hear your thoughts on this. So one would be to drip out content, right? So instead of having it all 40 of those available at one time, you could drip it out over a certain time. And then like so that related to this, you could have a section that says like literally it's labeled start here, right? And so, Hey guys, you know, welcome to the membership site. I'm so grateful you're here. If you like, you can put a little video, which I think would be awesome. And then the second thing is, you know, I know there's a lot of content that's gonna kind of in here and there's gonna be a lot of content that's coming. Here's some of the best places to start. And so then you can just pop in like two or three pieces of like your most popular content so that it kind of gives people an anchor to start. What do you think about something like that?
1: That does, that sounds like um, logical because that is a couple of the pieces after my symposium you know, you ask people for feedback and people were like, yeah, it was great, but there was so much that I didn't even start. So I like that. And also I listen to Corinne Crabtree's Losing 100 Pounds, right? So I'm trying to get in more shape, which I don't have a hundred pounds to lose. I have like 20, but it's like a, a funny podcast and everything. But she has a membership site. She went through Stu's Tribe, I think. And she and, you know, Amy Porter. Field is one of her fans as well. That's how I found out about her. But she said that people were saying that she had too much information on hers and it was just overwhelming. So, and she was, you know, by the way that she, she was a little frustrated, like it's just like going into a store and you have so much stuff, you just go to where you want. But at the end of the day, if the user experience is less because you have so much more, It's kind of like trying to find an answer in a big encyclopedia. You may not even open up the encyclopedia and kind of drop it. So I like that idea. I think I'll do that.
0: Well, you're bringing up a really good point, which I think is so important. Like, So as membership site owners, I think we always... At least I've always felt this pressure. Like I felt this pressure to like over deliver.
1: Yeah, which is true to you. you. Do so so well with all the everything.
0: Right, but I think in a way sometimes it's not good because I, for me, like over deliver equals more content, and I have really had to work hard to shift from over deliver equals more content to over deliver equals like highly actionable content like quality over quantity, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: Oh, that's so good. So focusing on the value and just really less is more.
0: The value proposition. And then even like, cause you know, and you did it so well, like you have those four areas, right? You have the mastermind, then you have the tips and tricks and business and then the resources, right? So I think like one thing you could even do is instead of, you could start each of those sections starting out just as like one video, right? And then in that start here section, you could be you could just say, hey, and you could even acknowledge that. Like, you know, one of the challenges always a membership site is I want to give you a lot of really good stuff, but I also don't want to overwhelm you. So I started our membership site with four pieces of content. Here they are. And feel free to click through and whatever one that you like, appreciate, go through with, you know, listen to it. And then in that next section, you can also say, hey, just a heads up, and this is actually something I learned from both membership guys and Stu as well, is build anticipation. Like, hey, guys, so a specific section, like, okay, here's our content that's actually coming up in August and September and October. So you just almost label it so people get excited, be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get that. And it also increases retainment, right?
1: Oh, that's good. So what are you saying? Like, have it. I've seen that in the membership academy as well, where they'd have like coming in June, but you, when you click on it, it didn't go to anything. But you could think, gosh, in June, I'm going to learn about that. I love that idea. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm still like figuring out the tech on this, but like, especially if the coming in June has like, if there's some way, I mean, I have to figure out. I'm pretty sure the software that I use, which is Kartra, um, allows you to do this, but you could almost create like an RSVP link so that people can then add it to their calendar, right? So it creates that sense of like, oh, yes, it's on my calendar. I can't wait for this for this one to come out kind of thing. Or if it's like a live Q&A, you can do the same thing as well.
1: I love that idea. And I love that it... I mean, it's one thing if I put it on my calendar, but once I put it out there on the site, then it makes it a little bit more real. Like one of the things I want to add is how to self-publish a child therapy book and you know make the videos for that but i don't really have time to create that entire mini course to stick in there before the launch so i could just kind of create the cover art for that do the launch and then create that and have it done like i'm going to set my goal for like 2 weeks before i need it to be done
0: yeah no absolutely and this is something that i've also found helpful which is so when you're like planning that out and you're telling people like hey, this is the content that's coming up. Personally, I wouldn't do more than like two or, or like, mat, like three to four months ahead. Oh, okay. Just because if you try to do like 12 months ahead, people are like, you're trying to... The challenge is trying to give value without overwhelm. So if people are like 12 months ahead, it's like, oh my gosh. So then they see like, this is what's coming up in June, July, August, September, October, November. Like it can feel it's, overwhelming. So instead go back in and like in June go back in and update it for July, August, September. In July, I go back, update it for August, September, October. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's like the same concept. That's funny that you should say that. That's one of my struggles. You recommended the one thing book, and I know this is like a for a different kind of aspect of it, but I try to do too much. My friend Sandra's like, calm down. <laughs> You're just doing too much. Right. Like symposium could have done twenty, I could have done ten and it would have been highly valuable. But for some reason I chose to do forty or the thirty day play therapy technique challenge. Like every day I had to get up and write an email out, which was amazing. You know, I loved it. But I did thirty rather than five.
0: I could imagine it was a lot of work still, you know, even if you enjoyed it, you had to be real disciplined which is actually, and I think you are doing this like really well, which I just wanted to highlight. So I felt like one of the things with the membership site is really good to be organized.
1: And I know I have colleagues that have posted on this or made comments before have like all these ideas. Literally, you wake up in the middle of the night when your eyes pop open, and it's like, oh, I want to do this, or I'm going to write a book on this, or I need to add this, I need to take this training. And it It's so easy to kind of put a lot of stuff on your plate and then you don't... It's like multitasking and you don't... I think they mentioned that in the one thing that we don't really multitask. It just, you know, it all consumes the same. So you're just doing things in a lesser way. So that book actually helped dial me down a little bit.
0: (laughs) That's a fantastic book, one that I love. So another one I definitely started just reading is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And this is a quote. So he says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And I think that quote is so applicable to membership sites. So again, it's you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Like a membership site, I think is a is a fantastic idea. It can, it can definitely generate recurring revenue and all of those different things. But a membership site is only as good as the process that you have on the back end. To be able to, for example, and it sounds like you have a great one, but just even like little things, right? Like, how will content go out? You know, will it go out on a consistent? It should go out like on a consistent day and and time, right? So, what's the system look like in order to get that out? So, one of the things that I and this is like I'm constantly tweaking this. So, literally, what I've done is. I'll write my big goal and then I'll write the small micro goals to get to that. And then I chart that sort of on a timeline, like you just said, like you want to get two weeks early, right? So I try to like have the content ready to go, like at least like five days early, just in case there's any tech issues that come up. You know, I don't want to be like scrambling trying to upload new membership content on the day of that it's going live because it's going to one just be overwhelming and then t- for you and then two it's not going to be a good user experience, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, I do think it affects trust. Um, even if it's a really good excuse, it's still like a breach and you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And it's kind of like with our clients, if we're like starting the session late or we have to cancel on them repetitively, if we make that a habit or just something that isn't considered out of the ordinary or even like not following our cancellation policy. It just breaching that trust. It's like, yeah, you get like a film like oh, I really don't know if she's going to put out that bibliotherapy mini training. She says she will, but she didn't. And you know, I don't want it at all become that. So right. I do like the calendar idea.
0: Yeah. I just think it's good to be organized. Jackie, man, we've like flew through this time. So I wanted to ask you like, any sort of other one other area of of struggle? And maybe we can just tackle this real quick.
1: Yeah, um, I want to get your thoughts on testimonials. Um, Throughout the process, uh, I have gotten a lot of feedback on the Facebook groups, people send emails from all over that are just heartfelt. And then some people I've asked specifically for emails. And then I just got an account with video ask. But I don't know what the just kind of like the ethical approach is like if somebody makes a comment on my Facebook group just talking about how much they value it or they send me an email, can I just put that like in on the website or do I need to have written permission or do I leave their name off or what's the etiquette? I guess it's the word? What's the etiquette on that? Yeah. And do you recommend doing videos like their video ask? Is that a little bit more kind of help people know that they're safe and buying something?
0: Yeah, no, those are really good questions. So, so what I would say this is just based on my experience. So, I joined a membership site. I won't say the name of the membership site or the person several years ago, and I also then joined a webinar that this person was doing, and I had written just some sort of comment on their Facebook group, and lo and behold, this comment that I I wrote showed up on this webinar like I had no idea the person did not ask permission like my name was not taken out you know so like presumably somebody could just find me right and I will say as a user that felt like really icky yeah so one of the things that I always try to do with testimonials is I I try to be like overly cautious so I'm very explicit like hey so for folks that have had like success with my stuff so I will reach out to them and I will say like you know, would you mind providing a testimonial? And uh, would it be okay? Like, do I have your permission to publish this in current and future like STC marketing material? And then I'll just say, you know, please know I'll, I'll use this accurately. Like it's not, you know, I'm not... Yeah, not out of
1: context me. or anything.
0: Yeah, like, right. in like a wrong context or something like that. So this is actually something i learned from Derek Halpern which is like he actually may have a blog post on this i think it's called the perfect testimonial or something like that and so this is a format that that i've tried to employ which is there's actually a certain way to get testimonials that really capture the hearts and minds of people and get people curious right so the first thing that you want to like generally ask is you know you know what was the thing that you were struggling with related to blank right so what's the thing you were struggling is related to your child therapy practice or something like that, right? What made you join and then insert name of product, Mm -hmm. right? And then the third part is as a result of joining blank, like what success did you have in your life for business kind of thing? So each of those, those are three questions and literally they should just be like one sentence for each of them. And then what I usually let folks know is, would it be okay if I just combine that into one uniform testimonial? So it might look like this like i you know I knew that I always wanted to have a child therapy practice child play therapy practice, but I was completely overwhelmed and didn't even know where to get started. um I had heard of Jackie Flynn and had followed her for a lot of years and knew that she did awesome work, and um, she was somebody that you know practices what she preaches. I learned about you know blank membership site, right, whatever we're calling it and immediately joined and within, you know, the first couple of months, I learned blank, blank, blank. I would highly recommend this if you're considering, you know, if you're feeling stuck or something like that. You see how a testimonial like that is a lot more powerful than this membership is site is awesome and I've learned a lot.
1: I love that. I love that. That it's just really leading questions because uh, sometimes when you ask people for a testimonial, it's another thing on their to do list. So that's really simple from the person's perspective as well.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. And you can just create a template on the back end to ask folks. You know, and then I think the final thing because I, I want to be like respectful of your time, and I know there's a ton of content on this one already. So the other thing I would just say is like. Give people the option of whether they want to do a video testimonial, a written testimonial, or both. Okay. That way you can then use those different pieces of content on your sales page.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, make it a choice. That's what she recommended, you know, Callie and Mike, too. So I'm going to actually do a Google form, I think, based on those questions from Derek Alpern that you just mentioned. And I love that was aligned with my thinking, like getting permission and everything. I've seen that not happen in other places. And I love that. So thank you, Melvin. This has been like super helpful.
0: No, you're so welcome. I know that you and I orient this way. It's just at the end of the day, like I try to protect people and I would, I just think about like, how would I want to be treated, you know? And I think testimonials are always a sticky situation, but I just, when in doubt, I just try to be like authentic and transparent, you know?
1: I think so too. And I think that's one thing that I love that kind of lends itself as therapists, we're always, you know, mindful of what's the, it's client first, you know, client, the client is the whole reason why we're doing this. And then anything else is secondary. So I feel like focusing on the user experience and making that the primary, like, are they getting value? Is it easy to consume? Is it something that, you know, meets their needs? You can't go wrong with that approach. And then all the rest will follow.
0: Absolutely. Everything accurate you said. This is probably a whole other conversation, but I think one final tip I would just, sh- I would share is be constantly getting feedback from your users about how their experience is with the membership site. So there's a good phrase. I don't know who coined it, but you know, people come for the content, but they stay for the community. And so really make your members a part of the community as opposed to you being the expert and you speaking at them and sharing content, you know?
1: Yeah. That's the way the Facebook group is set up too. And it truly feels like we're a family. These people are so kind and so generous and just so much sharing the resources and what books and what programs are using. And it feels safe and secure and it's amazing. And I want to kind of bring that same feel to the membership to where it, of course, I'm not all knowing, So there's no risk of me. (laughs) <laughs> Even going that route. But I love that you, you know, it's, it's in the community. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's, that's what brings people together.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Jackie, as we wrap up, please let us know where we can learn more about the membership site and, and about the good work that you're doing in the world.
1: Oh, thanks for letting me share. The best place at this time, I we'll, will announce it on our private Facebook group Play Therapy Community podcast. And it's a group, not the page. There's two, but definitely the group will have some mention of it in there. And EMDR with Kids page, I'll mention it on there. But the main place would be playtherapycommunity.com. And that will actually be the URL to access the information about the membership site itself to where you could create an account or you can learn more about it, things of that nature and also YouTube. I'll have it all over YouTube. I have a pretty substantial YouTube channel.
0: Awesome. Jackie, I'm so grateful for you. And I'm excited to see how this membership site will will serve so many in our field. And I'm grateful for your trust in me. I hope the little bit that I shared and was helpful. So,
1: Oh, absolutely. My big takeaways are definitely do a drip. Be very, very respectful of the testimonials and make sure that not only am I thorough and asking them questions that makes it really easy and very usable. But also ask them if I can use it. And then less is more. Like Don't put so much out to where they don't use any of it.
0: Yep, absolutely. Jackie, thank you again for doing this and have a great rest of your day.
1: You too. Thanks, Melvin. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jackie, my powwow brainstorming session with Jackie. And especially if you've been thinking about launching a membership site, I hope that today's podcast session has given you some new energy and inspiration. And if you liked episodes like this, please let me know. I'm always constantly trying to tweak and refine and, and get the podcast better and better. Uh, you can shoot me an email over at melvin at sellingthecouch.com and, and let me know. So there was a number of things that we covered. And I think Jackie like wrapped it up really well. So I'm not going to go too much into it. But I think one of the things that you know, I, I feel like Generally, I think sometimes online, there's this idea that membership sites are kind of the golden egg and that once we have a membership site, it creates recurring income, all of which is true, but it definitely does bring its own challenges. And I think that James Clear quote that I mentioned on the on the actual call with Jackie is, is the best way to describe it. So if you're going to create a membership site, I highly, highly recommend getting your ducks in a row and being really organized with it, because it is a long term game. And there's a lot of different levels that you have to stay organized with everything from creating the content, all the way to managing customer service, all the way to like, are you going to do launches, like traditional launches, or will your membership site be open all the time, those kind of questions. And so Again, I'm not a, like, I've learned a lot from my own membership site and made a lot of mistakes, but Stu McLaren, and he has a more premium price course called Tribe, and then the membership guys, Callie and Mike, those are two really good resources to check out if you want to learn more about membership sites and how you can use it. The memberships guys, they also have a podcast that you can download as well, where I've definitely learned a ton of really helpful information. launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed this replay episode. And again, just wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide. If you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way, you can again, download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when...